All right, we're jumping into the gospel according to Luke. And so I want to share just a few things in regards to the first few verses, the first four verses of the, of the book of Luke. Um, so we'll start by just reading that. It says this, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Okay, we're, we're jumping into a new format kind of of learning here. So this is going to be very brief this week, especially because we're just covering these first four verses that are just kind of introductory. But um, I'm going to read that passage one more time. If you were with us in person live, uh, we would have somebody try to kind of tell what had happened in that little section for memory, and then we'd go back and reread it. But I'll just read it for you one more time since you're just listening to the podcast now. Verse 1, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. I love as we enter into the book of Luke here, it corresponds so much with what we're all about as a church. Our, our overall aim as Christians is to really to imitate Christ. We talk about it all the time. We call it discipleship, right? We're carrying out our created purpose in life of bearing the image of God or becoming like Christ. And we happen here in the Gospel of Luke to be specifically reading about the person of Jesus Christ. So some of our one thing application items that we'll come up with will literally be, okay, this is what we see Jesus doing. This is how he was. And so I'm going to follow his example specifically by doing this. Okay. Um, today, there won't be a real chance to focus on that because this is just the introduction. Um, but I want to just give you a couple things to, to know as we look into it. And then in a couple weeks, we'll start into the narrative, which starts in the next verse. This is the gospel according to Luke. Gospel, uh, what does that mean? As we've said before, we say good news, but maybe even better, it's a, it's a really important, really good announcement. Okay, it's not just like news or information that sits on a shelf, but it's meant to be proclaimed. Well, who wrote this gospel? Not a trick question. The easiest answer to that may be Luke. Well, how do we know that Luke wrote it? We see it at the top of the book, but to be honest, that the gospel according to Luke or whatever your version of the Bible says, that isn't actually a part of the original or, or the earliest, um, maybe the, the copy, what Luke himself wrote down or somebody else penned for him. How do we know it was him? Well, all of the earliest copies of what Luke conveyed attribute the writing to Luke. In fact, all, almost entirely, without exception, the early church said that this was the gospel that the person of Luke compiled. There's really no 
dissenters to speak of in that. So we just take the church's tradition and accept it and say, yeah, we, we believe that it was written by Luke. You could also say, first and foremost, that this was written by God himself, right? So this is entirely true, what we're about to go through. God inspired the man Luke to, to write these things down, and he moved Luke along with the Holy Spirit, guiding him what to write. Well, who was this guy Luke? I'll give you a little bit of biblical context. Luke was a significant New Testament writer, okay? Um, that's not how he would have been known then, but that's how he's known now. Luke, according to the number of verses, is the longest of the four Gospels. And it even has a sequel that Luke also wrote to Theophilus called the Book of Acts, right? Um, and so even in the, the number of verses, I believe Luke has written more in the entire New Testament than any other New Testament writer. So he's a significant writer. However, we know very little about Luke. He's only mentioned three other times in scripture. There's not a lot from other church tradition about him. So um, Colossians chapter 4 verse 14, Paul says to the Colossians, he says, Luke the beloved physician greets you. Okay, so Luke was with Paul and Paul calls him a doctor, basically. So we know that of him. Uh, in 2 Timothy, Luke, we see, was with Paul at the very end of Paul's ministry. Likely just before he died, Luke was with him. And also in the book of Philemon's, uh, Philemon, it says that Luke was a, a fellow minister or a fellow worker with Paul. And you kind of see that in Acts as well. But besides kind of being with Paul and being a doctor, that's about all that we know of him. Obviously, as we read this and even in the introduction, we see that Luke was a historian of sorts as well. It says he was recording an orderly account of Jesus' life in verse 3. So it's kind of a, a biography of sorts that Luke cares to write. He was concerned, it seems, about accuracy. In verse 3 it says, I've followed all things closely. Okay, And he refers to, in these first few verses, other accounts of Jesus' life that were floating around there, probably oral accounts, maybe written accounts. Luke himself, we don't think, was a disciple of Jesus, as far as we know, um, in, in the strictest sense, like he was walking around learning directly from Jesus. He wasn't an eyewitness, but it sounds like he knew the eyewitnesses of Jesus' life. Okay, um, most scholars think, we don't know, but think he probably had the Gospel of Mark. That was already being distributed around, so people are already familiar with that account of Jesus' life as well as another source that scholars call Q, right? And there's probably other eyewitnesses that Luke has talked to where he's taking all of these things and he's compiling them into an account for Theophilus, who we also don't know, know much about that person. In fact, all we know is from Luke here and the beginning of Acts, he was apparently a well-respected person. Maybe he had some kind of special status. He's most excellent Theophilus, right? Um, but by the way that we see the book written it, and, and the way that most of these types of, of writings would happen, they were also not only expected to be read by maybe the one person, but maybe more widely spread or circulated beyond just the original recipient, as obviously the Gospel of Luke has been uh, throughout the generations. It was probably written... Um, between about 60 AD and 90 AD, we can gather from some of the information in the book, most likely in the early 60s AD. Um, 
so think 30 years or so after Christ died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven, okay? Um, it was most likely written, like Theophilus, to, to, um, with Gentiles in mind, or, or non-Jewish people in mind. Uh, Luke was a Gentile himself, we think. Uh, he writes in a very well-written Greek language style. He gives some kind of explanations to, to things that happen that probably a Jew wouldn't need to be explained to, uh, but, but Gentiles might. And so um, we even see kind of his emphasis, or we see an emphasis in the fact that he's addressing Gentiles with this really important, really good announcement. Kind of a theme maybe, if there is one in the book of Luke of the whole thing, is this. Jesus came to be Savior of the world. Not just the Jews, but Jesus came to be Savior of the world. He offers salvation to all people, including, especially Luke wants to point out, those who may feel like outsiders, for example, Gentiles, right? Or, for example, poor people or women um, in the day may have felt like outsiders, that they couldn't be on, on the inside of these important things. And Luke wants people to know Jesus came to be the Savior of all people. One commentator I read, Leon Morris, says it this way. Um, Luke tells us that the message of the angel concerned people in general, not specifically Israel. That's the angel that, that came to the shepherds. It, to people in general, not specifically Israel. He takes the genealogy of Jesus in chapter 3 right back to Adam, the progenitor of mankind, and doesn't stop with Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, as Matthew does. Matthew is a very Jewish gospel. He tells us about Samaritans, for example, when the disciples wanted to call down fire on them in chapter 9, or in the parable of the Good Samaritan in chapter 10, or in the information that the grateful leper was of this race, a Samaritan. He refers to Gentiles in the Song of Simeon, and he tells us that Jesus spoke approvingly of non-Israelites, such as the widow of Zarephath and Naaman the Syrian in chapter 4. He tells us about the healing of a Roman centurion's slave. He records words about people coming from all directions of the compass to sit in God's kingdom in chapter 13. And the great commission that the gospel be preached to all nations in chapter 24. In general, or here's how Leon Morris is, encapsulates this. He says, it is generally held that, this, that the story of the mission of the 70 has relevance for Gentiles. Okay, it is clear, he says, that Luke has a deep interest in God's concern for all people. Okay, so we're going to see in Luke, his, God is, his grace is for the entire human race. Kind of a highlight in chapter 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, which includes everyone. A couple more emphases that we'll see in, in Luke, maybe more than other Gospels. And don't try to remember these. I'm not asking you to remember these things, but just to kind of whet your appetite. Here's what's, here's what's coming. There's a great emphasis in rejoicing, in joy, even laughter uh, in the book of Luke. There's an emphasis of peace. That word, shalom, it, um, or the Greek word for it, is, is used uh, more here in Luke than in any other New Testament book, peace. There's an emphasis on women specifically, so look forward to that. There's an emphasis on prayer. Jesus prays before so many of his major life events, and we can model after Jesus in that way. There's a focus on the Holy Spirit, which continues on in the book of Acts, which maybe is what we'll, we'll study after this. 
um, there's a focus on counting the cost of following Jesus, which includes an expectation of suffering before glory, okay? And also we'll see an emphasis of forgiveness. So um, there's some things that we have to look forward to in this book. Lastly, just by way of introduction, I always try to point this out really in any part of scripture that we come to, um, is just this fact. This actually happened. What we are reading, it is actual historical narrative. We see here in these first four verses, Luke is claiming to write historical narrative. I've gathered all, I've listened to all these people, I've talked to eyewitnesses. Here, Theophilus is, is what happened. Here's my account. And he does, he tells of some things, maybe not exactly chronological, or maybe he kind of summarizes some things, yes, but he's saying, this happened. Okay, so we should bear that in mind as we're reading it. And anyway, we have to be careful not to over-spiritualize things that aren't meant to be so in Scripture. He's giving us an account of the life of Jesus, or giving Theophilus an account, to give Theophilus certainty, he says, concerning the things that he's been taught. Okay, so Luke has meaning and purpose as he writes, and we're going to do our best to understand what Luke was saying and base our application out of that. By the way, by way of application out of this first little section of four verses, I know we haven't even seen Jesus come on the scene. Maybe there's not a lot to learn about God and mankind in these verses, but I just want to give you a challenge. Um, and that is this. Um, maybe in the next couple of weeks before we jump into verse five, the actual narrative account, um, would you consider reading the book of Luke? If we're going to pick one thing each time we come together on Wednesdays to apply in our lives, I'm just going to suggest a one thing for these next couple of weeks. Would that one thing be just that you read through this account and make a specific plan to do so? Okay. Um, we, we don't want just to come together to study scripture and nothing to happen or nothing to change in our lives. And we want to remember as best we can, as best as God enables our minds to, to remember what we've learned as we go through this book. And a great way to help you remember long-term what's happened in Luke is not just to open it just on the Wednesdays that we come together, but to spend some time in and outside of that. So in the next two weeks, would you consider committing to just reading the entire book of Luke one time? It's going to take a couple of hours over the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to say, don't just commit to it, but make a specific plan for it if you can. Maybe you're going to say 10 minutes before bed each night, I'm going to read a chapter or two, and that's how I'm going to get through it the next couple of weeks. Maybe you're going to say, hey, for the next two Saturdays before we start again in, in July 12th to, to cover this, the, the next section, the next two Saturdays, I'm going to spend an hour each Saturday, and I should be able to get through the whole book that way. Maybe you even want to commit to saying, hey, I'm going to ask somebody else, do you want to read through this out loud together? I'm actually going to present that to Mary Beth and say, hey, Mary Beth, you want to on our Sabbath day, do you want to spend an hour of that instead of maybe some TV that we might watch or some other sort of hike or something that we might do? Let's just read through the Gospel of Luke together. Just one thing that I'm going to try to commit to in the next couple weeks, just to really try to set a pattern for choosing one thing each time we're studying scripture together to live out and apply. And again, get specific with that so you know what you're committing to and then share that with other people. So this week, 
um, maybe post on Realm or mention on Sunday, hey, I just want to let you know, everybody, I'm committed. The one thing I'm committed to this week is just reading, or in the next two weeks, is reading through the book of Luke. So I want to suggest that you do that. Um, or, or anything else that God brings to your mind. How, by the help of the Holy Spirit, might I begin to um, apply what I'm learning in Scripture? And specifically, this would just be reading it um, as a one thing this time. So I hope you're excited. I'm pumped about studying the book of Luke. I'm pumped about the new format that we're going to use for it, where there's a lot more dialogue about it, where we're actually just really trying to lock into our minds. What is this saying? We're reflecting on the text. We're benefiting from some teaching on it, but then we're also saying, hey, how does this impact me? And what are some things that I can begin to change in my life to uh, become more a disciple of Jesus, more like him. So I hope that you'll join us for that. I hope you're excited like I am, and we'll see you soon.